I think we can all agree that learning is more fun when you do it with friends, right? So if one of your summer goals is to learn more about the science of reading and how to incorporate it into your classroom, then let me invite you to join our free summer book study. During the month of June, we are gonna be hosting a free book study for teachers just like you, where we are gonna work our way through the book, Shifting the Balance, Six Ways to Bring the Science of Reading into Your Upper Elementary Classroom. And we'd love to have you join us. We're gonna read one chapter a week and inside our book study Facebook group, you're gonna get to participate in things like our weekly Facebook Live, discussion posts, you're gonna get some really awesome freebies and the chance to win some stellar prizes. All of this is going to help you align your instruction with the science of reading next year. It's gonna be fun. And even if you don't think you'll have time to read every single chapter, still consider joining. You're gonna get a lot out of the group even if you don't have time to read the entire text. So I hope to see you this summer where we can all learn alongside each other. You can sign up at stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. That's all one word, stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. And I'll see you inside our group. You're listening to episode number 59 of the Stellar Teacher Podcast. Teaching literacy is tough, but with the right tools, you can be not only good, but great. Amazing. I'm talking off the charts impactful. Hey, I'm Sarah Marie, a literacy specialist with over a decade of experience working as a classroom teacher and school administrator. Tune in each week to this podcast to hear no fluff lesson ideas and strategies that will help you feel confident in your abilities to truly grow your students as readers. Are you ready? Let's dig in. Happy New Year, friends. This is Sarah, host of the Stellar Teacher Podcast, and I am so excited to be starting 2022 with you. And I really hope that this next year is filled with both personal and professional happiness and joy for you. I feel like the last two years have been like a little bit of a doozy, so I am just, I don't know, putting all the positive vibes out there for teachers in 2022. And before we jump into our episode topic for today... I want to mention two things that are happening during the month of January over at the Stellar Teacher Company, and I don't want you to miss out on them. First of all, exciting news, the doors to the Stellar Teacher Reading Membership are open for the entire month of January for both the monthly enrollment options and the annual enrollment option. So if you are wanting to save time planning your reading lessons in the new year, then you definitely want to check out the membership. So many of our members consistently comment on how the resources and the lesson plans and just the support of the community and the membership have helped them to save time planning reading while still being able to deliver high quality and effective reading lessons. And I know time is something that we could all use a little bit more of in this new year. So definitely check that out. I will include links in the show notes. And then second, During the month of January, I am going to be releasing a bonus episode every Thursday as part of a little mini-series that I am calling our best year ever. And the goal of the series is to connect you with experts in a variety of fields, maybe not necessarily connected to the instructional side of teaching, because really you're more than a teacher. And while I want you to be successful in the classroom, I also want you to have a happy and healthy life outside of teaching as well. This week, January 6th, we are going to have Sarah Forrest from The Designer Teacher, and she is going to be talking about all things related to teacher self-care. 
I learned a ton from her listening to her during the interview, and I think you're going to love this episode. So I hope you will tune in this Thursday and every Thursday during the month of January to get some ideas on how you can prioritize your own self-care this year. Now, let's jump into the episode for this week. This week, I want to answer a question that I get asked a lot by the teachers in my community, and that is, what is the best way to fit in word study, grammar, vocabulary, reading, and writing into your ELA block? Raise your hand if you have asked that question or wondered that question at some point this year. Like I said, this question comes up a lot. I have seen this question come up by the teachers in our reading membership. I have seen this question come up from teachers in our upper elementary reading teachers Facebook group. I have seen this question get asked by teachers in my Instagram DMs and in my emails. I have even recorded other podcast episodes about this. I mean, I think this is one of the questions that teachers are constantly asking, you know, how do we fit it all in? And even if that question, you know, isn't exactly worded the same, You know, I'm sure at some point you've wondered, how do I find time to teach my students all of these literacy objectives and standards? And I get it. I have been there. There is so much on your plate. There are so many objectives and skills and standards that you are expected to teach. And the reality of it is, is oftentimes our schedules provide us with very little time to actually get it done and to fit everything in. So if you have been thinking about or wanting to modify or make changes to your literacy block schedule in this new year, or if you're tired of feeling like you just don't have time to squeeze it all in and you're constantly rushing from grammar to vocabulary to word work to reading to writing, I've got four tips that I'm going to share with you today that are hopefully going to help you feel a little bit more confident that you can teach all of those elements to your students even if you have limited time. Now, of course, these ideas, they might not come in the way that you are thinking. So just sort of keep an open mind when you hear some of these suggestions. The first thing that I think it's important to acknowledge or, you know, the starting point, basically tip number one, is avoid thinking about your literacy instruction as isolated elements. So often we want to have a schedule that has a set aside time for each element. And I get it. We have to turn in schedules to our administrators, letting them know when we plan on teaching everything. So more than likely your literacy block schedule has something like 10 minutes for word work every day, 15 minutes for vocabulary, 30 minutes for reading, 10 minutes for grammar, 20 minutes for writing. But the problem with this approach and breaking our entire literacy instruction down into these isolated elements is that we really never have enough time to teach, practice, and master anything when we chop it up like that. I mean, everything that we do is going to take longer than we think it will, and having an ideal plan is great, and so having that schedule is a good starting point, but I think we also really need to be realistic about our instruction and how our students learn. Even in a sort of best case scenario, let's say you do have 15 minutes set aside for grammar and you can teach your objective in that time frame, our students might need more time to practice it. You know, even if you have a longer chunk of time, we cannot always predict or anticipate how much time it's going to take students to master a specific objective. So I think having a schedule is, like I said, a great starting point. But just because we say we're going to spend 10 minutes on this or 15 minutes on this doesn't mean that that can always be our reality. Another problem or sort of the second problem with this idea of teaching, you know, literacy or literacy elements in isolated chunks is that literacy itself isn't isolated. Everything we do 
with reading and writing is interconnected. You know, what we're teaching our students as far as like word work, whether it's like phonics or spelling, that is going to have an impact on our reading and writing. You know, vocabulary, the words that we study and context clues and our knowledge of root words and suffixes and prefixes and all of that stuff that impacts our ability to understand certain texts as well as what words we incorporate into our spoken and written language. We write responses to what we read and we read and comprehend what we write. And so, you know, as you can see, it's like everything is connected together. There really isn't this idea of literacy skills and isolation. And, you know, I think to some degree we are doing our students and kind of ourselves a disservice when we try to cram everything into these short little chunks of time just to say we're teaching them every day, just to say, okay, we've done our word work, we've done our grammar. I think that is a lot of pressure for both teachers and students to have this sort of like obligation that like in order for me to be a good grammar teacher, we have to teach and practice grammar every day for a certain amount of time. So instead, rather than thinking of your literacy schedule into these small little mini silos that you have to check off every day and spend a certain amount of time, try to take a more holistic approach to your literacy instruction. I think that we have to accept the fact that we might not have time to teach and practice every single element of literacy every single day. But like I said, just because you don't focus on grammar or vocabulary or word work every day doesn't mean that you're a bad grammar teacher, vocabulary teacher, reading literacy teacher, whatever you want to categorize it at, or that your students lack those specific skills. We don't need to teach and practice everything every single day in order for our students to reach mastery. So Rather than giving focus to every element in your literacy block every day, prioritize new objectives that you're teaching or the objectives that your students really need more time to practice. And that really is going to vary every year depending on your specific group of students. Now, if you want to hear me talk a little bit more about this holistic approach, if you've never really thought about your literacy instruction in kind of this big picture perspective, Go back and listen to episode number 27 of the Stellar Teacher Podcast, where I talk about how to create a schedule for your literacy block with limited time. I kind of go into this idea a little bit more in depth. Okay, moving on to tip number two. So tip number two, if you feel like you are lacking time or you just don't have time to squeeze it all in, there is some good news because let's say you are at a school and you just listened to me talk about this idea of a holistic approach and you're like, okay, great, that sounds good, but my school requires me to teach every element of literacy every single day. Like, what am I going to do? The good news is that there is a way that you can cover every element effectively and efficiently, and that is by creating high-impact literacy routines. Now, a routine is simply a system, a process, a structure that you use in your classroom that can be successfully repeated and automated. And this idea of repetition and automation is key for any routine to be successful. You know, and if you think about it, if you kind of step back, you already have routines in place in your classroom, more than likely. You probably have a routine for how your students enter the classroom. You have a routine for how they line up at the door to go out to lunch. You have a routine for packing up at the end of the day. You have a routine for how do they come to the carpet for, you know, your read aloud. And if you don't have these routines, definitely think about incorporating them because routines save us time. And if you feel like you are crunched for time during your literacy block, then creating or using a routine is one way that you can really automate the practice 
of grammar, of word work, of vocabulary, of reading, of writing, of all of these things and do so in a really efficient way. A couple of the routines that I used in my classroom when I was teaching fourth grade is we had a word of the week routine. And this routine allowed us to practice things like context clues, look at, you know, root words, affixes, prefixes and suffixes, you know, figure out how to use a dictionary, how to use a thesaurus. So kind of all of these ongoing vocabulary specific skills were covered and practiced in our word of the week routine, which took my students, you know, no more than five minutes a day. We also did picture of the day or sometimes picture of the week. And we used this to help with inferencing skills and specific comprehension skills and even to just help things like our oral communication. And this was a routine that we would use to spiral review through a lot of our reading comprehension skills. And even some of our writing skills were incorporated into that. And it would, again, it would take just three to five minutes a day but it was a way that we could practice some of those reading skills over and over again. We did poem of the week where every week we read a poem and each day we did something a little bit different with that poem. You know, the first day we would identify all of the elements. So how many stanzas, how many lines, you know, what the rhyme scheme is. The next day we would identify the speaker. We would, you know, on another day, identify the theme. On another day, we would summarize it. So we would only be spending, again, maybe five minutes a day on this specific routine. But because it was a routine, it allowed them to practice whatever the specific focus skill was in a very quick and efficient way. And those are just some of the routines that I used. But you could have a routine for, you know, something like story of the week where you practice, you know, comprehension skills. You could have genre of the week. You could have a writing prompt of the week. You could have a spelling pattern of the week, a grammar rule of the week. You can really create a routine for anything. And the benefit, I think, of having routines and creating routines is that, you know, when you turn something into a routine, you eliminate the need to constantly explain or introduce directions to your students, which is going to save you time. And then you're also providing consistent practice in an area that's going to benefit your students. You know, it's like the word of the week routine. That is something that my students could do without me telling them anything. You know, I would put the word on, you know, every day. And I think I talked about this in another podcast episode, but Every week, we would have a paragraph that had a sort of bolded word that was the focus of the week. And, you know, maybe they were making predictions with the context clues. Maybe they were looking for if it had root words. You know, they were looking up the word in the dictionary. They were using that word in a sentence. They were, you know, figuring out the parts of the speech. Whatever their daily task was, they were doing it independently. I didn't have to tell them what to do. They were able to execute it in a short amount of time, but get the practice that they needed to be able to master whatever the objective was. And another reason why I really like using routines is because they can be easily added on to other parts of your instructional day that are already efficient. So I mentioned how I used a word of the week. I used a picture of the day. I used a poem of the week, all of those routines. Most of those routines were actually not done during our literacy block. A lot of them were done as part of our morning routine or our end of the day routine. And they were things that students were working on independently as the rest of the class was either packing up or unpacking and getting settled for the day, which means that technically we save time during our literacy block because these things, you know, we were working on vocabulary during our morning routine, which means I didn't have to take out 15 minutes of my literacy block for our vocabulary instruction. So if you can turn, you know, whatever it is to a routine and there's no sort of magic to creating a routine, I would say, you know, the whole benefit or how you create a routine, and I'm actually going to be talking about this a little bit more in depth next week, But, you know, figure out what is the goal? What skills are you trying to practice? You know, what do your students need practice on? 
and then basically have them do the same sets of tasks or answer the same types of questions or engage in the same types of activities day after day or week after week. So there's that automation and that repetition. And I think routines are also really impactful when they are short and concise and don't take up much time. So one of the ways that you can easily squeeze in all of the elements into your literacy block is to turn them into high impact routines, especially if you can do them at other parts in your instructional day. Hey teachers, I'm interrupting this episode with some exciting news. Guess what? I've opened the doors for the Stellar Teacher Reading Membership for all of January, 2022. The Stellar Teacher Reading Membership is a growing resource library that will give you the no prep lessons, tools, and support you need so that you can get back to putting your energy into what you are actually meant to do, teaching. It is literally a one-stop shop created for reading teachers just like you. And you want to know the best part? We are adding new resources every single month. So if you want to start the new year off with less planning, less prepping, and more support, head to stellarteacher.com slash membership to learn more. I can't wait for you to join us. And until then, have a stellar January. Okay, tip number three is to find ways that you can overlap your literacy instruction. And honestly, this might be one of the easiest, but also one of the most beneficial ways to squeeze in all of those elements to your literacy block, because this intentionally connects everything in the literacy world. Kind of like how I mentioned in tip number one is, you know, we don't want to think of things in isolation. That's because everything is connected. And so if we can be intentional about connecting them and figure out where do we overlap objectives, you know, in our reading block, we can save time and kind of, you know, kill two birds with one stone. So if you do have a schedule that is broken up into these individual silos, a time for vocabulary, a time for grammar, a time for reading, writing, you know, word work, all of those things, spelling, whatever you're required to teach, then think about how you can overlap your literacy instruction, which would kind of allow you to save time. You know, and the reason why we want to overlap our instructional time anywhere when possible is because we lose instructional time anytime we have to transition from one subject to the next. You know, even if your students do grammar at their desks and vocabulary practice at their desk and word work at their desk, if they have to close one notebook and get another one out, you know, transition from, you know, look at this, you know, here you're doing independent practice and now we're doing whole group, whatever the transition is, we lose time. So rather than transitioning from reading to writing to grammar to vocabulary, you know, and teaching them separately, think about how you can overlap and embed multiple literacy objectives into the same lesson. And there's tons of ways that you can do this. A couple of different things that you could think about doing are, first of all, use the same mentor text for your reading objective and your writing objective. You know, that's going to save you time. You're not going to have to read multiple stories or even refer to or activate background knowledge from a mentor text for reading and writing because you're talking about the same story for both lessons. You know, you could teach students the writing process when they are responding to reading. You know, ultimately, we want our students to write about what it is that they are reading And we might as well use that time for writing to help them increase and improve their writing skills. You can teach students to brainstorm, draft, edit, revise, and publish if they are summarizing a story or if they are answering a question. You know, it doesn't have to be a long written personal narrative or expository to engage students in the writing process. You know, you can teach students the writing process anytime they are responding to their reading. Going back to the mentor text, you could also use your mentor texts to focus on or look for vocabulary words, 
If you're looking or teaching a specific Greek or Latin root for the week or figurative language or prefixes, suffixes, spelling patterns, whatever it is, teach those things through your read aloud text or even through students' independent practice, you know, kind of double dip. It's like, okay, we're going to read this book and focus on this comprehension skill, but we're also going to read this book and use it as an opportunity to understand idioms or whatever, you know, you're teaching kind of in that vocabulary realm of things. You can look for mentor sentences or even examples of grammar rules in the text that you are teaching for reading. You know, I think grammar is one of those things that is done and is so much more effective when we can connect it to reading and writing in more meaningful ways rather than here's a grammar skill and a worksheet. And then hopefully you can figure out a way to apply that to your independent practice. Even thinking about our small group instruction, you know, you can bring in all parts of literacy during small group, whether you are doing guided reading, strategy lessons, or book clubs, you know, you can address vocabulary, grammar, word work, comprehension, writing, all of those things through your small group lessons as well. And I think when we think about how to overlap our literacy instruction, you know, basically what we're doing is we're thinking about how can we spiral review all of these skills throughout the year. But there's benefit in that because, you know, when we do an individual lesson on an objective in the fall, you know, whether it's like character traits or parts of speech or the specific route, if we don't mention it again or bring it up again for the rest of the year or until right before testing, our students might forget about these things. But if we can constantly be intentional about the overlap of our literacy instruction, our students start to realize how interconnected everything is and all of these literacy elements will sort of stay top of mind for our students. So. Anytime you can figure out how can you overlap your instruction and teach multiple literacy objectives at the same time, obviously you don't want to like, you know, it needs to sort of be natural. You don't want to like force this process, but if it makes sense, then definitely double dip and teach two objectives at once. Okay. And then my final tip, tip number four, is to think about how can you utilize other parts of your instructional day? And this one might be challenging if you are departmentalized, but if you're self-contained, you know, this could open up the doors to give you so much extra literacy time. And if you are departmentalized and you only teach reading or you only teach writing, then share some of these ideas with the other content teachers that you are working with. And again, this sort of connects back to tip number one with this idea of we don't want to think about literacy in isolated elements. And so we want to find as many ways as we possibly can just to sort of like bring the connection in and help our students realize that, you know, literacy is not, reading is not an individual subject. Grammar is not an individual subject. Everything we do with literacy connects to every other subject, even subjects that aren't necessarily like literacy-based. So think about how you can borrow time from other parts of your day and sneak in some reading and writing instruction. You know, vocabulary, I think, is one of those subjects that can easily brought into math, science, social studies, really any other subject, you know, because there are always going to be content-specific terms that students need to understand. So if your students are learning, you know, specific math vocabulary, science vocabulary, social studies vocabulary, you could then also, during those other subjects, teach your students things like dictionary skills. You could address and talk about prefixes and suffixes and word parts and word meanings. You could show students how to use context clues in their social studies text to figure out the meaning of an unknown word or a bolded word, or even talk about things like text features. You know, I think most of the science and social studies texts are going to be nonfiction. They're going to be high in text features. And so bring in those elements and all those things you talk about in reading 
and teach your science and social studies text with that, you know, main focus of like a literacy lens. And that kind of leads into this idea of like comprehension can also really easily be brought into your science and social studies time. One of the things that I loved doing was bringing in the same graphic organizers that we used during our reading block and have my students use them to help them understand our science and social studies text. You know, if you have taught your students like nonfiction, you know, comprehension skills, like how to identify the main idea, how to ask questions about a text, how to summarize, how to identify the text structure. Those are all reading skills that ultimately we want our students to be able to do when they're reading their science and social studies text. So you could easily borrow some of those same reading graphic organizers that you have your students complete during independent practice portion of your reading lesson and have them do that basically independent practice, but with a science or social studies text, which means you also might have to or get to do a little mini reading lesson at the start of your science and social studies block to review whatever that specific skill is. So it's a great way to sort of just bring in this interconnectedness and help students see that it's like, okay, when we're finding the main idea, that does not happen just during our reading block. That actually should be happening every time we are reading. And I think especially if you, you know, whether it's graphic organizers or question stems or thinking stems or sticky notes, you guys know I love giving students the stop and jot sticky note templates during their independent reading. Give them those same resources during science and social studies so that way we're encouraging strong comprehension skills during these other subjects that we want students to understand the content of. You know, writing is another part of literacy that really can be done at any point during the day with any subject, which is awesome. And, you know, if you think about it, it's like anytime your students are writing, whether it is during math, science, social studies, or even if you have some sort of like daily reflection as part of like your SEL time, use it as an opportunity to practice the same writing objectives. You know, it's okay if during math you mention and review the writing process. It's okay if during your science lesson you review specific punctuation rules. It's okay if during social studies research project you teach your students how to write different types of sentences and model, you know, what that looks like to your students. You know, I think we can be way more intentional about the writing objectives and how, you know, we want our students to be constantly thinking about how they can improve their writing anytime they are writing, not just during writing time. Hopefully that makes sense. So teaching other content areas, you know, doesn't have to be separated or isolated from what you teach during the literacy block. And I really think anytime that we can integrate our literacy objectives into other subject areas, we are just giving our students another chance to really authentically practice reading and writing, which counts as part of your instruction. So if you're thinking, you know what, And the whole purpose of me talking about this was because teachers say things like, okay, I don't have time to do all of these things. And you're right. You might not have time during your 90-minute reading block or your 70-minute literacy block or whatever it is. But if you think about how can you provide support and practice throughout your entire instructional day, there is definitely plenty of time for you to teach your students all of the elements of literacy that you are required to teach. So let me review the four tips real quick. Tip number one, and this one kind of covers the rest of the tips. This is like the biggest one. Avoid thinking about your literacy instruction as isolated elements. So try not to think about this idea of I don't have time to teach or I need more time for, you know, these individual things and start to think of it more as like this big umbrella that covers really everything that we do during the instructional day. Tip number two is to create high impact routines. So think about how you can basically automate and turn, you know, any sort of practice into a student routine. Tip number three is find ways to overlap your literacy instruction and hit two literacy objectives, maybe with one lesson. 
And then tip number four is utilize other parts of your instructional day for practice with those literacy objectives specifically. So hopefully these tips give you some ideas on how you can squeeze in all of those literacy elements like grammar, vocabulary, word work, spelling, writing, reading, all of these things we have to teach to your students, even if you can't squeeze them all into your typical standard literacy block schedule. And Like I mentioned this earlier, go back and listen to podcast episode number 27, where I talk a little bit more just about this holistic schedule. And then also, if the wheels of your brain are turning and you're like, okay, I want to completely redo my schedule and you're looking for ideas, I have a free set of literacy block sample schedules that I'll include in the show notes. And these sample schedules give you ideas for a literacy block that ranges from 70 minutes all the way up to 120 minutes. And so if you are wanting to think about how you can be more intentional about your time and put these four tips into practice, definitely go grab those sample schedules if you haven't already. I know I've shared them in the past, but if we've got new listeners, definitely want to check them out. And then don't forget, tune in this Thursday for the first week of our best year ever little podcast mini series. And I will see you then. So have a great week. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Stellar Teacher Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are finding value in this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would follow along and leave a five-star positive review. This helps me spread the word to more and more teachers just like you. And don't forget to join me over on Instagram at the Stellar Teacher Company. You can always find the links and resources from this episode in the show notes at stellarteacher.com. I'll see you back here next week. 